Welcome to the 301 Colored Commentators, a monthly podcast series where two black men from the state of Maryland debate and get their hot takes on movies, professional wrestling, and TV shows. So have a listen, have a look-see, but nonetheless, enjoy! Hello folks! How are y'all doing? Mm. 301 Colored Commentators, happy holidays everybody! I'm glad you could join us for episode number eight of season two. Um, we've, uh, we've been busy, but we finally got back to you guys right here, right now. Yeah, we're taking it back. Dynamic duo. Dynamic duo. Yes, we yeah. are. Yes, we are. Only, uh, only guess which one of us is Batman or Robin. Yeah. You decide. We'll let you tell it. Yeah. Okay, we're going to be taking it back to like 20, 32 years ago, actually, as a matter of fact, for two of our, two of our three topics today. Yeah. Sure. The first one is... The, the 1991 feature film, Boys in the Hood, written and directed by John Singleton. Classic. Classic. The second is uh, the 1991 Survivor Series, where they finally switched up their formula. Whether or, not it, whether or not it worked, we'll talk about that soon. And lastly, we're going to be talking about the inaugural season of the, of the Showtime dark dramedy Dexter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was actually, well, we'll get into it. Right. Shout out to you, because you kind of, I see what you did there. Shout out to you. I didn't even do that on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, we'll get to that. But cool. Yeah. Let me just, a few things uh, that I like to start off with. Jonathan Majors. Damn. Just damn. <laughs> I, I, I was pulling for him to, for him to have, a, have, a, have a not guilty verdict. But like now, he's, he, Marvel dropped him. But here's the funny thing with that. Marvel drops him as Kang the Conqueror, but DC, they keep Ezra Miller as the Flash, and he did a hell of a lot worse. And he got off. Ironically, um, I find it, I'm not even going to comment too much about that. I'll keep my comments to myself. I don't want to offend nobody. But, ironically, if the reason why they dropped him is because he's guilty, on the flip side, the legend of Iron Man, Robert Downey Jr., was guilty multiple times, and he's still the Iron Man. They never dropped him for his past crimes. So it's kind of a, what you call it, hypocritical to just drop him because he's guilty, Um, whereas you have other criminals or past criminals that you made as your headliners in in the Marvel. Not to to say that Robert Downey Jr., he, he was perfect for Iron Man. But I'm just saying, like, if, if that's how they're rolling just because of that. Then they have to fire dinner everybody then. I mean, look what they did with James Gunn, the writer and director of the Guardians of the Galaxy films. Yeah. They, they fired him temporarily before the, uh, during the filming of the second Guardians film because of some tweets that he had years ago where he just had some tongue-in-cheek jokes about child molesters. There you go. But then through protests, the protests got him back on. Ah, yeah. solid joke, man. Um, I hope he bounces back. I hope so too. I hope he's also respectively learned his lesson, and um, I don't want to get into that. But yeah, you see, he was ch- you see how he was chasing that chick around the city, or how she was chasing him. It was yeah. like a marathon. Yeah. Or what else? Um, also, Iron Claw. We got to see that and talk about that. Oh yeah, yeah. You, you, you mentioned it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. It comes out. It comes out tomorrow. Well, today actually. Today's Friday. Today's the twenty second, right? Yeah, to, yeah. Today it's out today. Actually, it's gotten like rave reviews already. 
departments where you guys meet after yeah, we got, yeah, we got to, we got yeah, to. Yeah, sure. We got to. I was telling I was telling some of our old friends yesterday what's it called about the film and the girl remembered the Texas tornado. Ah. I'm like, yeah, check it out, but be warned. Be warned, the Von Erics, these niggers are like the Kennedys of pro wrestling. Not because of not because of their longevity, but because of the opposite of that. Yeah. There's one left, right? There's one left. Uh, one left, I think, yes. The smallest one, I think. Stature-wise, I want to say Kevin. I think it is, yeah. but I don't. Think, I don't think that's him. And they got and they got offspring that are involved in the business now too. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, I even know that. But yeah, it's a sad story for that family. Uh, definitely, we'll check it out. It should be good. We will. We, we shall. Yeah. What, else, what 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 else you been up to? Not much. Getting ready for the holidays. Uh, am I missing anything? Celebrating birthdays here and there. Been a good. Busy, eventful last month. So excellent. Uh, Music-wise, been throwing it back a little bit. Um, went back to the Cure. Remember the Cure? Oh yeah, the, the English band. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're the ones that started that whole dark gothic trend with people with dyeing their hair and whatnot. Yeah. So I went to one of the classic classic albums, the one that has love song, uh, which I think was the biggest hit. Um, so I revisited that. Um, my man Whiskey. Afrobeats just dropped an EP today. Just dropped an EP today, and um, I'm trying to figure out what else I've been listening to. Uh, yeah, just a medley of different genres, basically. Gotcha. How about you? I've been going back to the '90s, listening to the '90s soundtracks that I never, that I never copped, but did listen to back in middle school. Oh, I copped the Friday soundtrack. That's a good one. Space, <coughs> Space Jam soundtrack. I had that. That was big. That was good. That was good. Mm-hmm. It was actually low key good. Yeah, yeah hit him high. I love that posse. Yeah, Buster Rhymes in there, right? Buster Rhymes, Cypress Hill, Method Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, was, that, was, that, was, that was a good track. Good track. You can't, you can't. The Space Jam that they remade with uh, LeBron is like you can't, you can't do that. Never watched it. Never no, watched it either. And I, I actually like LeBron. I just, I just thought it was a bit. It, it it feels for us like all these like 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 sequels they're doing of like nineties and eighties cult classics. Like you saw the Beverly Hills Cop Four. You see the trailer? Yeah, yeah, Netflix. I'm actually gonna check that out. I I, I trusted Eddie Murphy. I hope we'll be alright. But you you did did you like the the coming to America? Hell no. Okay, did you trust Eddie Murphy though? Yeah, because this is more just him. Yeah, I I think I think he stuck. So it's a simpler formula than Coming to America. Coming to America was a classic because it had a lot of different elements meshed and, in. And characters that he played, too. Exactly. That, they were all meshed in, so it was a lot to kind of do a sequel years later, whereas this is just a very basic, this is simple, almost, this simple formula. Just stick with it. In principle, it's the same thing. It's almost 30 years later after the last one. Beverly Hills Cop 3 was 94, and that shit bombed. Yeah, it did. I liked it, though, but it bombed. Yeah, the Respectively, first- like... Respectively, if you compare it to the others, it definitely was the worst by far. But I still enjoy it. It was funny to me still. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't. Years later, I'm like, I keep looking at it like the first two. That's all great. I Great. Those were great. All, all, all. Those were great. Those were great. But th- I like how they do it <coughs> in this recent trailer, how they do get taggered and wrote and wrote. Yeah, brought him back. Brought him back. Bogomil, is he in there too, or is he just Roddy Cox too old? We'll find out. Yeah. We'll find out. We'll find out. And, and Jenny Summers. I love Jenny Summers in the first film. Of course you do. She was just pretty. Yeah, the art, the art curator for Mr. Maitland. Yeah, she was pretty. She was pretty. Just a man who. I always ask the question. <laughs> not that it's relevant, but in the '80s, I feel like 
a lot of the ladies um, were the beauty was enhanced by their hair and their makeup. Oh, that that poof! It, it was done so well that it, it, it accentuated their look. But I don't know if if those those were absent, they would look as good. Maybe it's a size because I, I, if you just look across, even the average looking one, they look much better with that look. A sign of the times, like Miss Elizabeth had it. Yeah, she did. Yeah, she did. She I, did. And I don't know if that was really that really just brought out her features or no, actually, no, it did. It did because in the nineties, I wasn't feeling her. And like, um, I was just recently watching Superstars of Wrestling '87. Oh yeah. And leading to WrestleMania, one of the guests, the lady, I forget what show she's on. She and, and Bob Euchre were on it. She had that look too. WrestleMania Oh, not Cindy something Lauer. Marie Marie something. Fuck. Yeah, but yeah, I, I saw her. I was like, yeah, typical '80s look. She looked pretty because of the way, like that look of the way they did the makeup, mm-hmm. the way their hair was done, helped a lot. Uh, I just it made me to consider would they look any would they look any different any different if all that was taken away? Yes, yes, it, yes, it would. I think so. I think so too because like when that died down, a lot of people in the '90s and thereafter, their actual beauty was, you know, taken into consideration like naturally. And plus, the times changing too with that whole '90s and that grunge era and shit like yeah, that. Yeah, through the a, grunge. A lot of women that were into that scene wanted to downplay their beauty a lot. Yeah, hiding behind flannel shirts and like messy hair. Messy hair, yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. But yeah. It's just a weird uh, question I've had <laughs> lately watching old 80s movies and 80s TV shows and shit like that. So, but yeah, right on in, huh? Yep. All right. First, we're going to be talking about Boys in the Hood. Shout out to Indianapolis. Go ahead. <laughs> Boys, in, Boys in the Hood, um, released July 12, 1991. It was written and directed by John Singleton in his directorial debut. Yep. It stars Ice Cube, Cuba Gooding Jr., Morris Chestnut, Nia Long, Tyra Farrell, um, Regina King, Angela Bassett, and Lawrence Fishburne. I, I mean, sorry, Larry Fishburne. He was still Larry Fishburne at this point. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. He didn't start going by Lawrence Fishburne until 1993. I did not know that. Okay. Yeah, even in the posters for this film, yeah, it's billed as, you see, Ice Cube, Cuba Gooding, Morris Chestnut, and Larry Fishburne. Yeah, the um, the film it begins in 1984, following a 10 year old named Trey Styles. He's sent to live by his mother to live with his father in a south in an area of South Central after getting into an altercation at school. And he's, he already goes to see his father every weekend. His father, Jason Styles, who everybody just calls Furious, played by Lawrence Fishburne. He's stern, strict, but he's fair, and he's one of the few good fathers on the block. Yeah, Trey's friends. He's got Chris, little Chris. And the two half brothers, uh, Doughboy and Ricky. Yep. Yeah, he's friends with them throughout childhood. And after a brief, some brief scenes showing how they grew up in '84, it fast forwards all the way to 1991. Uh, Doughboy, now played by Ice Cube, he's an ex-con at the age of 17 and implied to be a crip given the color of his wardrobe. Mm-hmm. Um, Ricky, he's a high school football star, but also is a teenage father with his girlfriend and son living with him and his mother. And Trey is the most responsible one. Trey, played by Cuba Gooding Jr., his father had him on the right track. He um, has a good job. He's not involved in the streets or nothing like that, and not having unprotected sex, or at least he claims that, or he claims that he is in order to yeah, sound yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. And little Chris, he's in a wheelchair now. He's a, he's a minor part of the group, though, not yeah. really the main focus. Correct. But uh, yeah, the film, 
The film's title is a reference to a, to a 1987 Easy E rap song that was actually written by Ice Cube himself. And John Singleton, he initially developed this film as a requirement for his application at film school back in 86, and he sold the script to Columbia Pictures upon graduation in 1990. And while writing it, he drew inspiration from his own life and the lives of people that he knew. And once Columbia Pictures greenlit the project, he insisted that he be the director on it. A lot of the photography began back in September of 1990, while it was filmed on location from October of no to November of 1990. And also, also, I keep giving fun facts about this film, I know. It was a critical and commercial smash. Uh, it grossed $57.5 million against a $6.5 million budget. And it was, what's it called? And it was a star-making vehicle for a lot of the actors in there. I mean, Lawrence Fishburne, he was already an established character actor, having been in King of New York, mm -hmm. Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3, Apocalypse Now, and his role as Cowboy Curtis in, in uh, Pee-wee's Playhouse. Yeah. But uh, people like Regina King, uh, Ice Cube, uh, oh, wow. Nia Long, that was their first, this is their, their first movie, yeah. and it made them stars. Cuba Gooding Jr. and Morris Chestnut, they had bit roles before. We saw Cuba Gooding. Morris was where? I think he may have been in an episode of Jag, I think it was. Okay. But Cuba Gooding Jr., I remember seeing him in Coming to America yes. in the barbershop. Yes. No speaking role. Yeah. But it had a jerry curl. Yep, I remember that. Yeah, they were they got casted because they were the first people to appear to the audition. Oh. But this made them stars too. I mean, a lot of people in here, Cuba Gooding Jr. and Regina King, they're future Oscar winners. Uh Lawrence Fishburne and Angela Bassett were, were future Oscar nominees. They both got nominated two years later for the, their roles in the Tina Turner biopic. What's love got to yeah, do with that's it? Right. That's right. That's right. And the Library of Congress deemed this film as culturally, historically, and aesthetically significant, and it's a subject of preservation in the National Film Registry. This film, I first saw this when it came out when I was in the third grade, and mm -hmm. my cousins had it on VHS. And what initially intrigued my young elementary school mind most about it was black kids cursing in, 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 in class. Yeah, when young Trey's like, get your punk ass brother, bitch. Get my daddy. He's like, yeah. I'm a motherfucker. Yeah, I'm like, man, I, I never heard black students curse in, in, in school, in class, in, in real life or otherwise. This is, yeah. this is interesting. Yeah, and like seeing and seeing his how his mother just basically sent him to live with his daddy. Like he's gonna straighten you out. And it's the first thing, the first thing his daddy does, the first thing he gets there, makes him rake up all the leaves. Leaves, yeah. Puts the rules down. Like, don't look at me funny if I ask you to do something. <laughs> Yeah. And I think Singleton, he based, like, like I said before, he based Trey and a lot of the people in there off of himself and his own life. Because, Absolutely. What do you see? Because Trey, yeah, Trey, initially early on, has established that he's a comic book collector. When Doughboy and Chris asked him about if he's still, if he's still collecting comic books. That's right. And later on, later in the film, much later, after he, got, after he decides not to, when Trey decides not to join Doughboy and the rest and avenge yeah. Ricky's death, yeah. when, he, when he goes home, and goes to his room and takes off his shirt and lays down. You see all these comments laid down on his desk, all wrapped up in the plastic. I'm like, those are from Singleton's collection. They gotta be. Because he used to be a comic book. Yeah, he was. He was a collector. A lot of people in Hollywood bonded with him. Kevin Smith, um, some MCU people. They 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 fuck with Singleton hard. Yeah, I would have loved to have met that man. Yeah, y'all would have definitely put you know your comic book collection. And that of his, his love for cinema, though, too. It's like you can tell he actually likes films and pays attention. Yeah, yeah. 
Oh yeah, like even this movie was, was packed with a lot of um, calculated detail. Like you, you could tell. I mean, even though he was basing it on his life and what he had seen growing up, a lot of it was also based strategically showing America or exposing America during that era. During that era, like the reality of the black man's life, um, the average black man's life. Statistics they gave in the beginning of the film. Yeah. Or three and four black men, one and four black men will be killed, killed. by another black man. Yeah. Things like that. Reagan posters. <coughs> exactly. Reagan posters. Mm-hmm. The importance of the dual family home, the presence of having both parents, um, and the trauma of, of, of even in the, in the aspect of having both parents when they're at odds. Um, yeah, like when they're at odds and like the trauma it has on their children. Because even Trey, when he was younger, yeah. he was a pretty responsible student. He was. But yes. even with that, you saw underlying trauma, like rage yeah. um, from what he had seen in his household and what he had seen in his environment. Yeah, even, um, even though he seemed like very like nonplussed by it. Like when he was walking home that day yeah. and we hear the voiceover of his mother and the teacher talking about his behavior in class. And, he's, and he just walks around that dice game where they yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Like he's not plus, and exactly. And when he goes to live with Furious, the scene where they're like, "Well, him, Chris, Ricky, and Doughboy, like y'all want to see a dead body?" Yeah, they're like, yeah, not even fear, yeah, or yeah, any apprehension. Yeah, exactly, it's like normal to them. And yeah. plus, and like we said, deliberately placed by Singleton. That scene was inspired by Stand by Me. Mm, okay, okay. Because yeah. the same thing happened there with them white boys, boys. in Stand by Me. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Little things like that. Um, you know, the the aspect and the science behind gentrification. Like he really, really calculated the placement of certain aspects that black people face in this country. Um, I know what gentrification was until I saw this film. Yeah, exactly. So he he breaks it down in a scene there. Um, and then he also talks of like you see the elements of you know the the you know the dysfunctional home in Ricky's life. Yeah, and Doughboy, his mom. The mom favors Ricky clearly. Yeah. And also you see elements of like times where like uh, like single mothers, even though they love their children, when they're at hot odds with like the father of their child, you tend to see them projecting. That that frustration on the child, as you see her yeah, um, several times with with Doughboy. Yeah, Miss Big Brenda, that's her name. Yeah, Brenda, exactly. Like you see, like the way she talks, even as a child. Yeah, yeah, even like there's no there's no reason why she should be talking to her children like. That. I mean, he, it's, 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 just, it's it's just frustration and, and pent up. And it's epidemic in the black community too. Like I saw yeah. that growing up, not in my own household, but yeah. I did see it growing up a lot. Where mothers just basically they take their anger out on their sons, really. Yeah. And it's like you're mad that you're mad at the kid's father. I get that, but yeah. it's like he's not his daddy. He didn't do it to you. Yeah, that's the thing. Um, but you also have to understand a lot of them are also very young. Like, like in the film, <coughs> like uh, Furious and Reba. Like Furious is all mentions often that we were we were seventeen. Yeah, when we exactly. Exactly. So, so sometimes you gotta understand. I mean, it, it doesn't it doesn't condone doesn't or, excuse or it. excuse their their actions. Provides a reason for it. Yeah, it gives you understanding of where why they're that way. 
but it's not it's not unique to black people. I think I think it's sort of like slave residuals too. Yeah, you see, th these elements are also present in the extremely poor environments. Like you, white white families are like that too. It might be a slightly different dynamic, but like extremely poor white families go through the same thing, where like you know that the home, <laughs> excuse me, the home is broken up. Like and like, let's just say they have a child at a young age. Um, that nature of like the lady, the mother being you know frustrated at the father and projecting it on the child yeah. happens there. It just so happens that we have a higher bracket of poverty in this country, so it tends to be more familiar with. Yeah, you, and you see it a lot in your family, even if it doesn't affect you personally. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, dope. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Though. I'm sorry. Though. Some of the things that she would say in the Doughboy. It just came off as unintentionally funny to me. It was funny, but it was, it's, it's messed up. But it it's is. funny as hell. Like, yeah. And where you going anyway, you little fat fuck? You ain't, you ain't got, got a job. job. <laughs> or the scene with what's it called where Furious is talking about gentrification outside at front of them billboards. Yeah. All the people come up to him and start to listen, but one of them gangbangers, yeah. he's like, he's like, he takes his sunglasses off while still drinking a 40, talking about, fuck, I'm supposed to do. And motherfucker, don't smoke me. I'll shoot him if you don't kill me first. I'm, like, I'm looking at you like, nigga, where are your eyebrows? Why you look like a cancer yeah, patient? Yeah, exactly. I do remember, I do remember that. But yeah. Um, yeah, there, there were some humorous moments in the film. I mean, yeah. and it kind of established the whole the 90s, uh, 90s African-American drama genre or whatever. Yeah. The hood classics, yeah. if you want to call yeah. it that. It's true. Like a don't, like a don't, not, not don't be a menace to South Central. It's a parody of all these kind of films. Yeah, yeah. A menace to Society, um, what's it called, South Central. New Jersey Drive, yeah, those kind of films. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, and like I think watching it now, I catch some more like strategically placed concepts in this movie. Um, I feel like I feel like Singleton was trying to get across to us that like um, in these communities, a big component with like the young generation, the younger generation, the gangbangers and stuff, is the absence of hope. Um, where like there's there's lack of love and the sense of hope and drive early in their lives. So by the time they reach those formative years, where they're teenagers and stuff, when they have no hope, they have no inspiration, nothing to live for. That's when they start to go astray and don't give a shit. I mean, I mean, and they said in the film that what's it called? If you got a good parent in your film, like, and they imply that they need fathers in the film. Yeah, that, that is true. That is yeah. true. Yeah. But what's it called? It looked like like Mia Long's character, Brandy, she had her mother in her life. Yeah. They, there was no mention of her father. Oh, yeah. She, but she turned out to be pretty level yeah. herself. Yeah. And by the end of the film, her and Trey, they're basically going to school, college, across the street Probably from each other. Yeah. Morehouse and Spelman. Spelman. Now that's what you need place HBCUs popular. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So he knew what he was doing. And, Singleton, right now. and Singleton went to USC. Went to USC? Yeah. Oh, okay. Which is freaky. Spike Lee, he was the one who went to Morehouse. Got it, got it, got it. Yeah. Um, and Singleton, yeah, speaking of which, Singleton, because of this film, he, he got Oscar nominations for Best Director and Best Original Screenplay. And he was not only the youngest person ever to be nominated for Best Director, but the first African-American. Oh, okay. He, that, he didn't win those. He didn't win either, but it set, okay. it set precedence. Yeah. yeah. It, it, this movie is great for the culture, I'd say. Um, Especially, especially black filmmakers too. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, and John Singleton, I think he's the first. He's one of the 
he is the he was the foremost black filmmaker, black American filmmaker to tell our stories. Yeah. Like shit that we only knew that happens in like a, a black backyard or, or, yeah. or a cookout or whatever. Yeah. He told that, put it on screen. And even ironically that you say that at the end of at the end of the movie, Doughboy kinda hints at that, like, yo, like all this shit is going on in the hood and nobody knows about it. It's not on TV. Or they don't care. They don't care, like turns on the news and they're talking about violent environments outside of the United States, whereas yeah. in the current country that it is, he was waiting for them to at least mention something about his brother's murder and nothing came on. Nothing came up. So this is like, almost like shade from Singleton in a, in a, in a way. Yeah, it is, it is. In a way of like, actually delivering that message, like this is what is actually happening, but at the same time, it is. He's critiquing, you know, television stations and stuff. It is. He has a tendency for throwing shade at other <coughs> places too. He, he does like to make a point, like in Higher Learning, the scene where uh, Omar Epps is beating Michael Rappaport's character down, and the cops come through, they pull Omar Epps off, they start yeah, beating him repeatedly, yeah. and the camera just focuses on them using the knife. like, he's not the bad guy. The other guy, the white guy's a shooter. Facts, facts. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, yeah you are. Singleton is trying to make a point with that. Yeah. Or, or Spike Lee and Bamboozled when what's it called? The group. Have you ever saw Bamboozled? The group, the Mau Mau's, that revolutionary rap group where they have Most Death, Cannabis, Charlie Baltimore, MC Search. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they all. I shouldn't even give no spoilers here, but something happens to them at the end, and Spike Lee is making a racial point. Mm, I see. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And he even says in the commentary, "Yes, we are making a point." Yeah. Again, yeah, there's just so many, it's so many, I wish I jotted them down, but it, there's several little, little, little intricate details. Like, you can tell he really thought about what he was writing about. Like, the way he, the picture he painted about the L.A. police. Oh, oh, uh, that, that black cop. Ironically, this, did this come out before Rodney King or after? This was actually before. It's 91, so the Rodney King rise from 92. Okay, but when was he beaten? 91, though, right? In 91, yeah. But later in the year. Later in the year. Well, this the, the, yeah, later in 91. Yeah, yeah, so like ironically, what he was telling in this movie actually ended up happening in real life. Oh, was, was Rodney King beaten by a self-hating black cop though? No, he wasn't, but, but he's, he, I think he, he, that was, that was an undertone of the overall picture of, hey, LA cops are corrupt, but it's not just limited to white cops. I mean, there's racism in the in, in the, yeah, whole, in the yeah. whole element, but they're in, at the end of the day, they're like a fraternity. Yeah, the boys in blue. Back. Exactly, boys in blue. So he's basically painting like cops aren't really what they think they are. Yeah, and, um, and the thing is, in the film, is this: what's it called? And every time we, anytime we see those two cops, the black cop and the white cop, yeah. the white cop is a hell of a lot more civil. He's chill. Yeah, he's, he's, chill, he's yeah. chill. Yeah, and he and he he even looks pretty uncomfortable when like the scene where the self hating cop pulls a gun on Trey. Yeah, Trey. Yeah. He looks uncomfortable, yeah, but not yeah, uncomfortable enough yeah. to try to stop him. Yeah, that was funny. And he just, it just, he says, that's why I took this job. No, niggas, you ain't yeah, shit. I'm yeah. like, what? I'm like, what? Did some black kids beat yeah, you in elementary exactly. school? And you joined the force, this is your revenge? And shout out to that scene. And for those of course, the people I'm here representing from there. The, 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 the late, great Nipsey Hussle. Uh, um, Crenshaw. He's, um, in that scene, he talks about you wanted the uh, Crenshaw Mafia. Crenshaw Mafia. The Rolling Sixties. Mm-hmm. Nipsey actually has to be a Rolling Sixties crip. Yeah. So I'm just here, not here glorifying Nipsey, but I'm just here, you know, celebrating Nipsey because he was he was a great mind. Unfortunately, his life was cut short. Yeah. Um, and you know, that's my guy. Shout out to Nip. Rest well, in peace. Love Nipsey Hustle. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah. No doubt. Um, what else? Let me see what else. Oh. 
other things in the film as well too. Ricky, so sad. It's oh like, yeah, yeah, he was he, he was just he got like a just just barely over the the, the minimum SAT requirement to get that scholarship. Yeah. And the day the day the funny thing about that scene when he got when his mother got the envelope right the mail from the that was John Singleton that was the mailman. I didn't even catch that. You wouldn't he catch was it. the middle if you weren't paying attention. Yeah. If you pause it right, you'll see it. It's but, him, but yeah, that's his Hitchcock cameo in his own film. He did that in all of his films. Oh, his films right. Like in Shaft, the Samuel L. Jackson joint from 2000. Yeah. He was a death sergeant during the scene where uh, Christian Bale's character beats that dude that wanted his shoes. You want my shoes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that scene. I do remember that scene. Yeah. Um, funny that you say in the element, the element of of standardized tests being racially biased. He well, they mentioned that. That's what I'm saying. Like, he really, you could tell he sat down, when he was writing the script, he really was putting down a lot of the struggles and the realities that the average black person in the hood. He probably experienced that shit, too. Absolutely. I, I, I did, too. We all, yeah, did. we all did. We all did. Like, uh, Although the only time I remember it vocalized in high school is our friend Mike. When he comes up to when we were seniors, like, did you write as a fool? No. Jupac. Oh, shout out to Jupac. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I feel like those tests are culturally biased, man. I mean, I'm not white, I'm Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> shout out to Jupac. That's my yeah. guy. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Jupac. But uh, nah, yeah, they yeah, I mean, like you said. The only part is the only part that is not is math. The math. Everybody yeah. Everybody the same math. math, more or less. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, but those, yeah, they're right. Those those, those uh, SAT tests, the verbal part. Yeah. It's like certain uh, parts like, like if Mary is traveling from the supermarket and such, it's like, what yeah. if you don't, what if like, you, what if reading comprehension is like, what if, for, for instance, what if English is not your first language? Yeah. How is that going to, how is that going to test somebody's intelligence if that's not their first language? Unless they're having to guess everything. Yeah. Like, yeah. Which, uh, which I doubt. Uh, yeah. I, anyway, that's. What else in the film? Like sex um, as well too. Uh, yeah, yeah. Where, yeah. Where, where Trey has to lie to his father that he got that he got pussy for the first time. It's like no, you didn't. And your father probably knew he was lying too. Yep. And Furious yeah. was like what thirty four at the time too. I'm like yeah, he was still young. Father. He was still young. Yeah, still young. Yeah. What? And he what was he a mortgage broker? Yeah. He was a badass dude, man. Because yeah, I remember it's cold. When they went to go see him after they did the SATs, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, they sit in his office. He's like, you boys want to see something? And Trey's like, do we have a choice? And Furious just takes off his glasses. No. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's when he took them for the little gentrification yeah, uh-huh. thing. Yeah, yeah. But, um, funny enough, that you even say about sex. They in, Back when, like, AIDS was becoming a big thing, yeah. they suddenly, like, threw mild education in it. Mm-hmm. Like one dude was like, "Oh yeah, I don't let them crackheads. I don't fuck them crackheads. I just let them suck suck my dick or whatever." They're like, "You know, you can still get it, like you know, get them, let them suck your yeah, dick too." Yeah, I think at the time it was still fairly new. It wasn't new, but it was fairly now becoming a main like pandemic. Or they, it was. I guess I would say epidemic in this because it's closed. It was closed in the, in the United States. It wasn't like pandemic around the world no but it was an it was becoming an epidemic in certain pockets in the united states and the black community was suffering from it at the time it was yeah but at least it evolved beyond the point where they thought that only gay people could get yeah yeah, exactly yeah anybody can get it i mean what's it called i remember my mother gave me a comic around the time this movie came out which specifically said aids is transmitted through oral anal or vaginal transmission and they had like a whole definition of that shit in the back yeah i'm like okay okay i I know enough about aids now but Mm -hmm. 
still, it still, it still doesn't, it still doesn't, what's it called, prevent me from what's it called, from being able to see the partner actually has something. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So, it's like, yeah, right. I was gonna say it's like, what's it called? Like Furious said in the film, Furious's main concern was like teen pregnancy. Yeah, that's exactly what he's worried about. He didn't want his oh, son oh. to go through what he went through. Exactly. Yeah, it's like yeah. how many times I, how many times have I told you, if a girl tells you she's on a pill. You use them anyway. Yeah. I mean, the pill is not going to keep your dick from falling off. Right. You did say that. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, he had a good relationship with his son where he can actually talk like It was like great. That. It was great. I think part of the part of reason why that helped was the age. It's very short age gap. And plus, in real life, Lawrence Fishburne is only six and a half years older than, than Cuba Gooding, Ice Cube, and Morris Chestnut. Mm, yeah. and, they, and they made fun of that in Don't Be a Menace in South Central. Oh, uh, the... Where he's like, what's it called? The father is actually younger than his son. Yeah. What's up? I want to call it a fun fact, but a fact that is un well, sort of related, but unrelated to the movie. Mm-hmm. The dude that had that was sucking on the on the pacifier. Oh yeah. You know he got murdered in real life by some gang members in LA. Lake? I know after poetic justice. Yeah, yeah. yeah mm-hmm. exactly. He was in that too. Yeah, he was. He was, was actually he? from the come up in acting in black movies, and then he D- got it. Yeah. B-Dub, Deidre, Dwayne, Robert. Yeah. Yeah, he, he, he got murdered. And he actually sucked on pacifiers in real life to quit smoking. But Singleton thought it was so cool, it's like, okay. I didn't even know that was the reason why. Okay. That's cool, man. And, the, and all, all, the, all the niggas in the film, they got like their names on their shirts or their hats or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yo, I'm Chris. Monster. Doughboy, Doughboy had his joint. He had the Detroit on the, the, the D. Yeah, but I thought, didn't he have a Doughboy shirt or something? Like an actual Pillsbury Doughboy? Yeah, yeah, something. We, something. we didn't see that in the film. Why did I? I feel like I saw his name written on something he wore. It may have been. It may have been. No, it was Welcome Home, Doughboy. That's why I said at the cookout. Yeah, at the cookout. Yeah. At the cookout. Yeah. So, Nia Long. Yeah. Nia Long and Regina King. Good God, I didn't. I didn't think Regina King would become as big as she did. I know. I yeah. know. That was her first movie too. That was her first movie too. Yeah. I mean, given how she, the roles she played here and later, what four years later in Poetic Justice. Yeah. Two years later or whatever. Yeah. I'm like, I thought she'd always play that kind of archetype, that kind of I thought she'd be typecast. Yeah, me too. Yeah. You're probably right, yeah. I thought like, so too. The ghetto girl or whatever, but nah. Yeah, she, nah. she 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 expanded beyond that. Yeah. Um, Neil Long, she's still one of the most beautiful women in Hollywood. Aging very nice, like a fine woman. Oh yeah. Thick as hell too. Yeah. And, to Angela Bassett, YouTube girl. Yeah, she's a beautiful, mm-hmm. very, very beautiful. Crack no crack. And speaking of which, her character, Reba. Yeah. It's like she said she would come back to get Trey, but it's like Trey ended up staying there for seven years while you got your masters and lip bougie. True. Yeah, because even even Fury has to throw shade on the <coughs> of the film, like when they go have coffee. Yeah, the yeah, like, yeah this is you. Yeah, this is yeah. You did say that. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is this is very. I mean, they're both educated. Clearly, I mean, she's yeah. got more education. Yeah. But it's like Furious. He's still he's still he's still a hood cat, pretty much. He he doesn't move away from the area mm-hmm. at all. And you can, again, the element of the educated, um, you know, grounded black male in demand is also thrown in there because even though Furious is still in the hood, you know, he's having issues with his with the mother of his child. But you can yeah. tell that you know there's possibly something that could still be rectified there. <laughs> they, they, they just disagree about their son. Yeah, really. and then you can see also like Doughboy's mom is still very much interested in him. 
He's a hot commodity because of the value that he brings. Yeah, because at the cookout, when she was like, talk to Darren. That's Doughboy's real name, mm-hmm. Darren Baker. Mm-hmm. She said, talk to Darren. I am so sick of him going in that of jail. Maybe exactly. with some of what you got can rub off on him. Exactly. And exactly. Doughboy, he, I mean, uh, and Trey, he does try to add some influence onto his friends, really. Like, yeah. Even at the cookout, when he says, why don't y'all just back and let these ladies go first? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, yeah. come on, man. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. He was a good influence on Ricky, too. It's just sad. Yeah, it's sad how Ricky turned out, though. Yeah. It's, but it's like, it's like with Ricky, it's like, uh, you don't split up, dude. Don't split yeah. up. Yeah. Like, that fool's ain't going to do nothing. Yeah. Like, like those, are, those are bloods. Those are yeah. bloods. Yeah. They even got the car. The color of their car. Red. Who's it? Red. Even what, whatever, whatever they were, they were all predominantly ready. Predominantly ready. The, bull, the Bulls had him, whatever. The Bulls had him, even the pants. The backwards cap, yeah. yeah. And here's the thing. Them niggas started that shit oh, anyway. But this is on them. When so, you had that little get-together. Yeah, on Crenshaw. Yeah, yeah with the, the, car, the car show, whatever. Yeah, and then Cube decided to say, we got a problem, nigga? Yeah, yeah. I'm like, well, he, like, he, Bloods do got a problem. Even though Ricky's not a crib, he still had blue on, which is why Ferris wanted to start shit with him. And they were. They were older too, so they had more experience. Yeah, it's like what's and and Doughboy pointed that out in the film. He's like, too. He's like, punk motherfuckers ain't got nothing better to do with yeah. their life. Twenty-seven years old, still fucking motherfuckers our age. Yeah, with his old ass. Right. I remember that scene. Were they some? Of, were they? Were they some of the same dudes that they saw in '84? The one that took his took Ricky's football from him or whatever? I thought that at the beginning. Is that is that who they were? They were they were they were Crips. Yeah, they were because they were in the same neighborhood. Yeah, they were and they were blue. They were blue. Yeah. That little boy, that, that, that wasn't Rock. What's his name? Rock. Talking about fucking with Doughboy. Yeah. Talking about, would you say fat boy? I said, give my brother's brother right. beef for what? What your fat ass gonna do? Right. Doughboy had hurt, though. He came from the He tried to get his brother's ball back. He really got beat. And he told Ricky, he's, even though he scolded Ricky at first for bringing it, yeah. which Ricky shouldn't have done. Shouldn't have done, yeah. Yeah. He still went and looked out for his brother. Yeah. yeah. And then <laughs> him and Chris, I'm going to the store. What you gonna get? You ain't got no money? I'm going anyway. Yeah. Well, you knew what you knew what was gonna happen. Yeah, yeah. They they ended up getting arrested and shit. Mm-hmm. They had they had a lot of they had a lot of oh the scene where Ricky gets killed and they bring his body back to the house. Why the fuck would they do that? Yeah. Why the hell would they do that? Other than to show us what that plastic on the couch is for. Yeah. Right. And 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 to get the baby upset for hours and hours and nobody and probably nobody even changed his son neither. Yeah. The, 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 the girl was just sitting there all distraught and whatnot. And they're mad at Doughboy. Doughboy didn't do this. Yeah. Doughboy tried to stop it. Her mother must have been fucked up. Because, like, two weeks later, he gets killed, too. Yeah. Doughboy gets killed. So her son, she had no more kids. No more kids. Yeah, she only got her grandchild yeah, raised. Yeah. And Doughboy, Doughboy, that's another thing. That's another stand-by-me parallel. Because when he fades out at the end, after yeah. the caption reads, yeah. two weeks later, he was murdered. Yeah. That happened in stand-by-me as well, too. Oh, I haven't seen that movie in a while. I got to rewatch it. All right, Peter River Phoenix. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of things going on in this film, too. I mean, I could talk forever about this film. Like, what's it called? Like, oh, Ice Cube, the role for Doughboy was specifically written for Ice Cube because Singleton, John Singleton met him when he was an intern on the Arsenio Hall show. Because Singleton was interning as, like, a production assistant or camera work. Oh, and man, Cube was a guest. Yeah, Cube was a guest, yeah. He was doing a lot of things before that. But yeah. Singleton didn't know that he was a member of the NWA at the time. And uh, like I said before... They connected because they connected of that. And like I said before, Cuba Gooding and uh, Morris Chestnut, they got casted because they were the first people to show up to the audition. And Lawrence Fishburne, 
Singleton met Lawrence Fishburne at Pee Wee's Playhouse when he was a production assistant. Singleton's from Compton, too, right? Yeah, he's from Compton, L.A. He's from L.A. somewhere. Okay. Cuba's from Compton. So who's from Crenshaw in that crew? Let's see. I want to say Morris. No, not Morris Chestnut. Yeah, okay. But anyway, in reality, like, it's in those, the heyday yeah. when, when that gang violence and shit was at its prime. Yeah, Fishburne. Compton was mainly Bloods and then and the Crenshaw was made in Crips. Yeah, well, time, and so. Fishburne and, Fish and Bassett, they're from, they're from New York City. Mm -hmm. Everybody else is from Cali, more or less. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even Mia Long, she was born in Iowa. That's crazy. And they mentioned that in the film. It showed up, no, 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 it showed up in Iowa where there are hardly any black people. Mm -hmm. It's true, I've been. You've been to Iowa? Yeah, I have. And this film right here, what's it called? It was a sleeper hit. It was a low-budget, urban urban film that was only it was only intended to have a small release until two events happened the film appeared to mass acclaim at the Cannes Film Festival and Columbia's Columbia Pictures their big summer film from 91 was supposed to be Radio Flyer with uh, Elijah Wood and uh, what's the face uh, Tom Hanks but um because the Radio Flyer kept, kept getting pushed back because of reshoots it led to Columbia giving Boys in the Hood Boys in the Hood the summer spot and even against violent, violent big budget films during that summer, like Terminator Two and Robin yeah, Hood, came on that year too. And Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, yeah, it still managed to gross over fifty million. Gotcha. And and it launched the black film industry in the nineties. One thing too, I forgot to another element. I I, I I noticed this time around watching. I never noticed in the past. Sure. The uh, element that the black community is not a monolith. Yeah. Um, if people were black, black people relate to their own, like every other race, black people relate to their experiences where people come from the same background, the same experience. Prime example was a recruiter that came to visit. Oh, Ricky, yeah. He clearly didn't come from the hood. <laughs> and you can tell by the dialogue between him and, and the people outside. People outside and the people inside, he too. Like when he found out Ricky had a kid, he was like, what the fuck? Oh. He was shocked too. He was like, oh, like. Thought it was a little brother at first. Yeah. So like a lot of times we get I I hear like on TV the critique about why you know there's so many successful black people on TV. Why why so many successful black people on TV? Why aren't you know like black children or people in the hood uh, taking that as inspiration? A lot of times some of the people aren't necessarily from the same backgrounds. So no. a lot of times they will relate more to people that they know come from a similar background that has made it as inspiration. True. Which is why, like, it's similar. It's similar, like, like you said, black people were not a monolith. Like, what's it called? I think the Cosby Show. That's one thing that proved that as well, too. Exactly. That's a perfect example. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, before that, we just had like two, two, seven, uh, good times, basically hood black shows. But they showed that black people can be dignified, yeah, and, and, and educated, and carry themselves in a manner that's that's, for lack of a better term, comparable to white people. Yeah. That's why, like, a hood child would not relate to someone coming up. No. We're not, we're not, we didn't grow up in the hood, but like yeah. someone like, for instance, someone like Marshawn Lynch, who is from the hood, still has hood tendencies, he yeah, but he's doing a lot to get kids out of the hood. They will take more to him, towards him, versus if me and you were to go to the hood and be like, hey, let's do you think I'll, You think I'll get mad if I ever give him some skills? <laughs> that's my dog. I'll talk to him for you, dog. I bet. <laughs> nah, but then he will be mad. He cool, he cool people, but like people like that, um, have the audience or influence on their audience. We have our influence on our audience of 
you know, younger aspiring black people. So like a lot of times people just, yes, we all are black people, but yeah. we're not. We're not um, we don't all think we're also diverse within, within the diaspora, within, yeah. within the complexion. Yeah, we all have different personalities, yeah. interests, yeah. color. Yeah. And yeah, I, I think he subtly threw that in there with the recruiter. Because he could have made that a white person. He could have, yeah. And it, it would have been made, it would have been more awkward if it was a white guy. Yeah. They specifically said that black dude would have been there. Yeah, of course. Of course. And uh, who, who else we didn't talk about? Cheryl. <coughs> Cheryl with her with the crackhead. Oh, with the babies the babies. in the streets. Yes, yes, yes. You got some blow? You got some yes, rock? Yes. I'll suck your dick. Like, bitch, keep your, take care of your children. Yeah. He, and I forgot to even mention that, like, when he was schooling uh, about gentrification, he also talked about you know how crack rock and cocaine gets in the country. Yeah, it didn't. It didn't land in the hood through black people. No, because we didn't have access to it. No. So like, like, like what's it called? Like even in, even in, even in Snowfall, where he took it, where he took it further, like where he where he finally said, okay, the CIA did this shit. The CIA put the coke in the hood. Yeah, and the and in the, in the hood they learned how to make crack from that. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. So, so like, th- thank you, George H. W. Bush. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and um, and uh, what you call it for that matter, Reagan? Mm-hmm. Yeah, was doing that. It was right, right around their transition. It was, yes, it was. Some other facts about the film, uh, according to John Singleton, uh, Ice Cube's N.W.A. Uh, group members they were supposed to be they were supposed to play the parts of his friends, Monster, Chris, Dookie. Yeah. But because Ice Cube was beefing with them at, at the, the time, time when he left, that that, yeah. that didn't go through. Will Smith, he he turned down the role of Trey because of his commitment to the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Uh, Eddie Murphy, he was considered for the role of Furious. Oh, really? Yeah. And many of the people in the film were based on people in John Singleton's life, a self-hating black cop. Yeah. And Singleton, like we said before, Singleton felt it was critical to show this officer, show this officer to show how racist black people could be towards their own people. Yeah. Yeah. And Trey, like I said earlier, Trey was Uncle based Ruckus. on him. Uncle Ruckus and uh huh. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Somebody reminded me of Uncle Ruckus. Oh, Steven from a Django, Samuel L. Jackson's character. Yeah, that's basically what he was. He's a thinner yeah. version of Uncle yeah, Ruckus. That's basically what he was. Same yeah. balding pattern, yeah. everything. Yeah, that's basically what he was. No, Calvin! That's basically what he was. And, si- um, and single Yo Yo was in that movie, too. Yeah. I, I saw her at the cookout. And the rapper. S- mm hmm. Yeah. And Singleton. With a he was like Trey, he was also said to live with his father when he was twelve years old, and his dad was also a mortgage broker, like Furious. Oh, really? Yeah, and like gave him some structure. He gave him structure, kept him out of trouble, which is how he went to college. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah I, I do miss John Singleton. I do miss his films. Sure, genius. And this was a good film. It was it was it was definitely the archetype for a lot of hood films. Yep, including parodies like Don't Be a Menace to South Central. Yeah, yeah. Where they had uh. Not only did they have a parody of Trey and Furious in the film, but also a parody of a self-hating black cop where Bernie Mac played him and his name was Officer Self-Hatred. Yeah. I hate my black guns. Yeah. I hate that black ass Ruby Goldberg. I hate black pepper. <laughs> nah, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they get the blackest dude to play that self-hating cop. I know. <laughs> on purpose. That's that they did that on purpose, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, imagine if they got Charlie right. Imagine if they got Charlie Murphy Charlie for that Murphy. character. He would have worked for that. I think he would have worked for that too. But this guy was perfect. He was perfect too. Yeah. yeah. All right. But yeah. Next Check up. that movie out if you had it. If you want to know a little bit about the culture. 
Because a lot of those elements are still present and relevant to relevant today. Excuse me, I need yeah. to go get another drink. Go ahead. Want something else? I'm fine, bro. I appreciate it. But um, yeah, if you haven't checked Boys in the Hood out, go check it out. A lot of the elements of society for black people are still very prevalent today. Um, so a lot of the problems in that movie are still very prevalent today in the hood. And then yeah, inner city community. Inner city community. It's like if you if you go to damn near any any town, any hood in America or whatever, you'll find elements of this in there. Yeah, basically. basically. Okay. But let's go months later in nineteen ninety one, in November. We're gonna be talking about Survivor Series nineteen ninety one. And we've covered the very first Survivor Series before, but as sort of something of a refresher, the Survivor Series, it originally was created to be the Thanksgiving tradition. As the first eight Survivor Series events took place either on Thanksgiving Day from 87 to 1990, or on Thanksgiving Eve from 91 to 94. Since the 95 event, however, which took place down here in Landover, Maryland at the former US Air Arena, the Survivor Series has been held on various Sundays before Thanksgiving. Obviously, in 95, I didn't even know I was going to move to Maryland. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I still watch wrestling back then, but I just do not recall. I do not recall it being in Landover. Yeah, me neither. And I, I would have begged my dad to go to go to yeah. the Indian ticket because we've gone to so many wrestling events there over the years. I've never been to wrestling one day, but I've been to Wizards games, well, Bullets games at the time. Yeah. And some concerts. Before it was U.S. Air Arena, it was the Capitol Center with, with, the, with the Pringle-shaped dome. Uh, I was, when I moved, it was still U.S. here. Yeah, it, be, it just transitioned to that. Mm -hmm. As the Survivor Series is the final pay-per-view event of the year, it's usually presented as a chance to settle feuds or begin new ones. And the event of the Survivor Series is traditionally characterized by Survivor Series matches, which are group tag team elimination matches that typically feature teams of four or five wrestlers against each other. And stipulations over the years have been added to these event, events, like members of the losing team being fired, for example. Now, the 91 Survivor Series, that was the fifth annual Survivor Series, taking place on November 27, 1991, in Detroit, Michigan, at the Joe Louis Arena. It was the first Survivor Series where all the matches were not scheduled as Survivor Series matches. The undercard featured the four traditional Survivor Series elimination matches, but the main event was a WWF championship match between Hulk Hogan, the champion, against The Undertaker in what was dubbed the Greatest Challenge. Shout out to The Undertaker. Yeah, Taker, he had, making, he, had come to the, he had come to the WWF a year prior in the 1990 Survivor Series. At this point, he was still undefeated. Yeah, people didn't know what to make of him. Like, heel, well, he definitely wasn't a face, but they couldn't make him out as a heel either, yeah. as nobody booed for him. Yeah. They just stared at him. Yeah, that's true. They were in awe. That's so true. Like, he never was really booed. People yeah. would just, just stare. Kids used to be frightened. Yeah, like the, the theme music. Yeah. And, like, the he way was, he just... He was cold, man. Yeah, Mark Calloway, he stayed... He, he really, he really... Cold. That character is his. I love... Especially around this time. This was my favorite... I mean, when he became officially a face, he was still fun. But this era of him was just, I love this era of him. He was cold. He just was. Like I thought he was indestructible. Practically unstoppable, though. I loved it. The way he got up, like, I remember this match on, like, WWF Wrestling Challenge. Yeah. Where him against the Berserker, John Nord. Yeah. Where with the Berserker, ha, ha. That was a, ha, oh, that was a 
was a big motherfucker. He was a big dude. And he and he just tombs and he just pile drive take her onto the concrete. Just pulled up the pads yeah, outside yeah, yeah, yeah. and put them on concrete. And uh, it was a double DQ. It was a double count of a taker. Still got right back up. You're like yo, he got like, up. What the fuck? What? Unstoppable. Yeah. Like on concrete. And By then like, he was probably a face. He was playing. He was fighting the berserker. Nah, 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 nah. He, he was, was still, still like in between. In between, yeah, yeah. And also for this Survivor Series of storylines, let's see. Ric Flair, he arrived in the WWF in September, claiming to be the real world Another champion. Legend. Yeah, he debuted in the WWF carrying the WCW belt with him. Basically, it was his at that point because they didn't pay him the money that they owed him. So he's like, fuck it. I'm keeping this. Y'all pay me. And McMahon let him show that belt on live WWF programming. If you look at it now, they just blur it out or put like a a, a black block over it. But not back then when it first aired. It's like, no, that's ballsy. That's ballsy. Um, I remember Lumber Blade did the same thing. Yeah, she dumped her belt in the trash when she got the WCW. But it didn't really matter because by then he had discontinued the, the woman's the woman's title. Yeah. yeah. So that's why she was mad because he discontinued. She was like, "Fuck it, I'm leaving too." And Medusa, and she just she just went back to being Medusa. Exactly. The um, what else happened? Yeah, Piper. I mean, Flair immediately began feuding with Rowdy Rowdy Piper, and mm-hmm. for this event, both men would be captains of their teams. Taker, he had a funny match. Yeah, that was funny. Taker had an undefeated streak since joining the WWF back in last year's Survivor Series, and that earned him a title shot against Hogan. Now, <coughs> Sid Justice, he was, a, he was originally going to join the Big Boss Man and the Legion of Doom, while Jake the Snake Roberts, he was originally scheduled to join IRS and the Natural Disasters. But Sid, he suffered an elbow injury, and the Macho Man was campaigning to take Sid's Sit spot due to his issue, his feud with Jake Roberts, mm-hmm. which began at SummerSlam of that year with him showing up to the wedding mm-hmm. and putting that cobra snake up in there. Yeah. And what's it called? Savage, he got reinstated recently after losing that career-ending match at WrestleMania 7 to the Ultimate Warrior. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, and also on Superstars, I'll never forget this shit, where Jake Roberts, he was already a heel at this point. He baited Randy Savage into in the, in, in the coming into the, into the ring. Oh, yeah. Which was which was defanged, but they still managed to have some blood in there, or rather defanged, at least. Yeah, yeah. He still got a fever for it. Yeah, but for this event, Randy Savage he would not be reinstated for Survivor Series, and Jake the Snake he was not allowed to compete due to his actions here. But they still showed them both for interviews, where, where Jake the Snake had his heel music. Trust me, yeah. trust me, and had that earring and that ugly sweater. I'm like, I'm like Christmas, Christmas ain't till next yeah, month, nigga. No, no bullshit. <laughs> Shout out to you know what? Shout out to Jake the Snake because he has he has sustained the certain character and personality from the time he got into the WWE to the time he left. That straight, maniacal, mysterious, um, almost two faced type of yeah. character. Mm-hmm. Even when he was a even when he was a face, he had that. Kind he of did character. have it, yeah. Like he didn't know where he was where he was gonna where his loyalties lie. Yeah, exactly. He is a snake, and it's right there in his name. Exactly. But uh, let's see, the matches. Ric Flair, the Mountie, the Million Dollar Man, and the Warlord, who, who also had Mr. Perfect, Jimmy Hart, Sensational Sherry, and Dr. Harvey Whippleman in their corner. They beat Rowdy Piper, Bret Hart, Virgil, and the British Bulldog, with Ric Flair being the sole survivor. Everybody else got it out. Like what? What kind of decision is that? I watched it recently, I was like, wait, that was the dumbest decision ever. It was. Like, because he was like, what? He was the only one in the ring, so it's like the referee had no choice. Yeah. But there's there was no stipulation of these elimination matches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
precisely. Uh, Sergeant Slaughter, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, who were a tag team back then, a pro-American tag team. They were they with, won the title? No, they never did. They were with the Texas Tornado and Tito Santana. Santana was on his way to becoming the Matador at this point. Yeah, they defeated Colonel Mustafa, uh, the Berserker, Skinner, and Hercules Hernandez. Trash team. Yeah, who had in their corner, um, yeah, Mr. Fuji and General Adnan. General Adnan, that was what's it called? That was Iron Sheik, or was it no. uh, Mustafa? Mustafa was Iron Sheik. Okay. Yeah, the, the Sergeant Slaughter, their whole team survived. Next, and they, and they didn't put the matches in like the, a certain order. Like, you, you think that the WWF Championship match would be last, yeah, but it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah. yeah, Undertaker defeated Hulk Hogan for the championship. Thank you, Ric Flair. Best match. You just came out, put the chair in there. I was cheering. It's like, yeah. do it, do it, do it. Thank you. You know what? You could tie at that time. A lot of the fans were fucking tired of Hogan. They were. I was. When, when, when Undertaker won the match, they were all cheering for him. Yeah, the Hogan, the way he had to be pulled out of the ring, like he was seriously injured. You said, you said he complained after the match? He complained after the match. His hand didn't even touch the fucking chair, dog. And, and Taker even says, now, that was oh, the man. safest tombstone ever. No, but that's why you watch it again. Yeah. Just that match. When he delivers a tombstone, Hogan's head doesn't even touch the chair, dog. I think that even though they were supposed to have a match. Oh, speaking of this, yeah. at this event right here, yeah. yeah, Survivor Series, they were heavily promoting another event that happened six days later, this Tuesday in Texas. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah, that, that was the, the experiment. There was they were trying to make Tuesday as an alternative pay per view event as opposed to Sunday, but the experiment failed massively. Oh, that was what that was. Yeah, and then, cause I was like, this is the first time I ever like looking back in retrospect. I was like, this is the first time I've ever seen them have such a quick turnover pay per view yeah. right after one that they just did. Yeah, it, it was a failed experiment because people already dropped their hard-earned money on Survivor Series. That's what I'm saying. You should, they should have waited like another month. Another maybe. month. Yes, like unless you've got the money, yeah. people are and that, that's another thing. Low attendance, low pay-per-view sales. Yeah. And it's like the, the proximity to Survivor Series. Yeah, it was like, yeah, you have to build stuff up. That's the yeah. whole point of pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. Build fuse and shit. Exactly, exactly. But they did not, they did not even try that. And plus... The match, the main event match that they rescheduled, like Taker against Hogan. I don't think, I don't think Hogan was supposed to win it this Tuesday in Texas neither. He complained. Oh, so Hulk, so Vince, Vince, Vince bit. Yeah, but then, but then, but then Jack Tunney had to jump in and be like, uh-uh, because of the controversial finishes at, at Survivor Series and here, Hogan, you don't get the belt neither. He vacated that belt the next yeah, night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like good, yeah. good, because I could not stand to hear Hogan, Hogan win the belt a fourth time. Yeah. But, um, Considering in the '80s he held that title for like three years, you know? he did. Bob Backlund held it for six, but he didn't really wrestle anybody. Yeah, no. yeah, back then his like it wasn't like he held it when it wasn't in the golden age. No, nah, it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't the beautiful evil title. Yeah, it later became. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, okay, and the last match was the Nasty Boys and the Beverly Brothers. They beat the Rockers and the Bushwhackers. Yeah, they were the survivors. Well, the Nasty Boys and Blake Beverly, they were the sole survivors. And finally, the Legion of Doom and the Big Boss Man, yeah, they beat IRS and the Natural Disasters with the LOD being the sole survivors. Rockers keep It did. You see it here. You see it yeah. here when Marty Jannetty, he accidentally got Shawn Michaels eliminated. Yeah. Yeah, you can see the Rockers were having tension here. Yeah. And it, and it continued and culminated in the infamous barbershop segment Two months later, in January 12th, 92. Happy, uh, happy ninth birthday, by the way. I don't know what he's talking about. 
anyway, and speaking of the Rockers feud, a feud was supposed to happen between Michaels and, Gen and Gennetti right after that. But Marty Gennetti, he was fired from the company for coke possession and being an officer. <laughs> yeah, Marty Gennetti got fired from the company for drug possession and for assaulting a police officer. Ah, I see. Yeah, they brought him back months later in the fall that year, where he hit Sherry with the mirror. Yeah, yeah I remember that. But by then, it's like it's just like it's like really, if you were a real a wrestling fan that was in the know at that point, you'd be like, who cares? Yeah. But me, I didn't know no better. I was just excited to see him. Yeah, they could have done more. He was a great wrestler. He was. He just didn't have the same charisma as Sean. No, nah, he did. He didn't. And, and, and or or Sean's flair for a backstage politics. That too. That too. And that's how Shawn Michaels got over a lot, really, because he cried to Vince in order to make it so that he didn't have to put anybody over. Ah, so that ended up building his career slowly mm -hmm. until he was established. <clears throat> and then it was a no-brainer. He became Hogan, basically. Pretty much, yeah. yeah that's, that's how he, just, he described the click. What we do is no different than Hogan, Savage, or those guys in the 80s. But the difference is, we're friends. We like each other. Did Savage also cry? Savage didn't cry. Nah, that's the thing. It's like I felt like he was very business. Like everyone that take has a take on him. He was very like he was all about. He was professional. Yeah, very exactly. He was and professional he, uh, in business. Whereas like, Hogan, I heard Hogan cry, cry like what's it called? Let, let me win the match, Vince. Let yeah, me win the match. Yeah, yeah. Although some things like 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 Bret Hart. Bret Hart was very professional too. And I don't I and I don't begrudge Bret Hart for wanting to, for not wanting to lose during the Montreal screw job in his home country. I, I agree, get that. I agree. That too. I agree. It's a matter of pride yeah. and how it looks. And respect. Yeah. It's his home. Yeah, but they had to fuck him over. They had to screw him over. Vince, no, he does not. Even people even people that never watched pro wrestling, they were like this. I never watched it, but I can tell Vince McMahon, he's a morally scrupulous. Yeah, player. he's fucked up, though. Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, what were your thoughts on this? This event is a 4 out of 10. <laughs> That's some shit. <laughs> And the only the only saving grace, the only saving grace was Ric Flair, his his, his charisma and his presence. In I the love event. I love his presence throughout the thing. Because I love how Roddy Piper when he shot on the inner when he when he, later in the event he compared Flair to the Adams family or cousin it or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hogan losing that was great too. I love that. Oh, too cool. He took a part about it. And Michaels the 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 the, 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 the breakup being hinted at with the Rockers. I'm like in retrospect that was good too. They sold that. Worst Survivor Series. Of its time, I mean, I know later on you can you can argue some of the later ones were, but given, I guess between eighty seven to maybe ninety three. Ninety three was what? Oh, okay. That was the one with the four fanatics and. All right. Yeah. Was that ninety four? What was the one where, where uh, Bret Hart had all of his family members and Owen got eliminated? I think that was that was ninety three. Yeah, oh, that's hard to feud between Bret and Owen. Owen, yeah, yeah, because yeah, they they fought in WrestleMania. What was the World Rumble in '94? Fucking with Mike Vince. Fucking with damn good Mike. Yeah, so yeah, that was '93. So yeah, yeah. would that be arguably your worst uh, Survivor Series? This, 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 at this point, this is the worst Survivor Series. I mean, I know why the change was done, adding a main yeah. event in there yeah. because they felt like the previous ones were too repetitive. Yeah. And by adding a title match, it like breaks the monotony. But um. It, make, it makes it makes the event feel like a big deal again, and it did. It did, I guess, for for subsequent events later. I feel like the next one was worse, but we might take. I think we might we, we might, might get that. take it later another time. And another thing, this was not only was this the first Survivor Series to uh, air on Thanksgiving Eve, it was also Hulk, Hulk Hogan's final Survivor Series. Oh, good riddance. 
Yes. Yes. And and Jack Tunney. Jack Tunney. I, I miss this when he would just come on. Yeah. When, whenever you knew, whenever you saw Jack Tunney on screen, you know something serious was about to go Yeah, down. that's true. That's so true. That's so true. Um, yeah. Um, what you rated? What's your thoughts? I think uh, a 405 is fair. 405? Okay. 405 is fair. Uh, it definitely was the worst leading up to it. Like, 87 was by far better. 88 was by far better. 87 89, was 89 was even okay. Was okay. 90 was way better than that. Yeah. And then 91. Even, even, with, even with the gobbledygooker. Yeah, exactly. It was still much better. Uh, yeah, but I, I personally think 92 was worse than 91. Uh, and then well, I think I think I'm not sure, but I think based on how bad '92 was, they went back to the traditional tags. And yeah, they did, but it was off and on later on. Like by '98, they got rid of them entirely. Yeah, entirely. Yeah. And they had an elimination tournament, but it was, didn't involve no groups. I think part of the reason why it also failed is the element of the tag team was starting to fade out too. So all these group tag teams and wrestlers that otherwise wouldn't have nothing to do with each other. Yeah, even as faces or heels. Exactly. They weren't. I think that, that that's what that ultimately also it mismatched like like Hogan with a demolition and Jake the Snake. Yeah, I mean they're they're, they're faces, but it's like these yeah, faces don't work. Okay, exactly. So I think eventually that opened the door to the Attitude Era, and also the audience that were watching wrestling in that time were also familiar with with the entertainment. So yeah, we outgrew that shit too. So mm-hmm. that also helped open the door for the. Attitude era, but like you said, as we as it was progressing through the years, like less of the faces were affiliated with each other, and less of the heels were affiliated with each other, even though there were faces and heels. Right, like they were all very much individuals, as opposed to the cliques or a team or like people that after each other. Mm-hmm. So, whatever. Yeah, this event was a four out of ten for me. Um, I plan on I plan on visiting subsequent Survivor Series as well too. Because I didn't see I didn't see all of them in the nineties, even with the pre paper. Me too. I feel like after ninety three it becomes a blur. Mm-hmm. Up until the up until the Montreal Screw job. Like yeah. I don't remember which was which. It just kind of faded out. And we've talked about the screw job and not the actual event itself. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Like I don't I don't even know what the sequence of matches were. Me neither leading to it. Me neither, me neither. Sure. <laughs> it's it's kind of that, that one takes precedent because of the controversy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's still that's still that's still prevalent to this day. Absolutely. Even even with even with the parties that have admitted their part in there, Shawn Michaels and all them. Yep. Triple H. Yes. Yeah, it was like a, it was a watershed moment in professional wrestling. Yeah. 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 That's a good way to put it. Good way to put it. So, uh, but yeah, outside of the Ravens challenge, <coughs> and maybe Flair's match, which was funny to me. Yeah. Yeah. And Flair, Flair, his his uh, Flair continued in the WWE. Yeah, true story. Because the next pay-per-view event, he wins the WWF title. Greatest world yeah, I still say that shit was funny as hell because Macho Man hits me with Jake the Snake Roberts. Jake is a little Oh, yeah, yeah. Savage jumps over. Jumps over the, he doesn't jump over. He just leaves you the, the middle of the rope and just goes to beat him some more. Yeah, yeah, And Taker's yeah. like, come back in here. So first yeah, of all, yeah. you can't eliminate yourself. And secondly, you didn't, right. elim- you didn't even eliminate yourself properly. Get yeah, back in there. Yeah, get back in there. And who eliminates him when he goes back in? It wasn't Taker. It wasn't Taker, somebody else. Somebody else, yeah. He was one of the last people eliminated. Taker? No, Savage. Oh, yeah, he, he was. was like one of the last four or five to be eliminated. It was it was uh it was Hogan, 
Uh, Sid Vicious. Yeah. Or Sid Justice. Sid Justice. Flair. Flair. Savage, I feel like, was in there. Shawn Michaels. Like, Shawn Michaels and Flair. No, Shawn Michaels and uh, Savage were one of the last as well. Because remember in the, in the 1990 Royal Rumble, Shawn Michaels got eliminated quick. Yeah. That's like, true. How do you get I'm like, he I came in and it came right back and kicked it right back out. Uh, they, 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 they must have gave him some money to placate his ego for that. Yeah. Because I don't see Shawn Michaels just getting, getting you just don't get rid of Shawn Michaels yeah, like that. Yeah, that easily. Even, even, even a rocker Shawn Michaels. He was still right. good. He was still good, yeah. Yeah, man. But uh, Survivor Series 1991, yeah, a four. Garbage. Garbage. I turned my door knob. <laughs> yes, sir. All right. And finally, you ready for this one more? Yes, sir. All right. Finally, we're going to be talking about season one of Dexter. Dexter, it was a crime drama series developed by James Maynard Jr. and loosely based on the novels by Jeff Lindsay, a darkly dreaming Dexter. It ran for eight seasons. It debuted on Showtime on October 1st, 2006, and ended on September 22nd, 2013. Same day Breaking Bad ended, by the way. Yeah, and between them two, it's like, okay. Shout out to Eisenberg, bro. Dexter came out first, but it's like, okay, this, this finale sucked. I hope Breaking Bad is better. And thank God it was. It was. Yeah. Did you watch the New Blood? I did. Dexter New Blood, that was crap. It was trash? It was trash, yeah. And I know, I know they wanted to make an epilogue for Dexter, considering how bad the, the season, the series ended with season eight. But New Blood, that was that was just that was terrible. Is it discontinued now? Yeah, it's done now. It's done now. Okay. Yeah, the, only the first five seasons of Dexter were any good. Okay. But for season one, okay, the premise of Dexter it's set in Miami at the Miami at the Miami Dade Metro Police Department, which Dade makes me County. which makes me wonder what's it called? Where's Miami Vice? Where's Crockett and Tubbs? Y'all should have a crossover with them. They're the same department. Anyway, Dexter, he's introduced as a blood spatter analyst for the Miami Metro Homicide Department, which is his day job. But by night, he's a serial killer. But he'd only be killing other serial killers, though. People who've escaped justice who can't get caught by the court and, oh, yeah. and committed egregious crimes. He's a vigilante serial yeah, killer. He's a vigilante serial killer, yeah. And in order, and, but he's also mentally unstable, too, because, yes. of ch because some childhood shit that happened. And his foster father, Harry, who's a cop, basically notices and taught him how to blend in and how to kill without getting caught. That concept was loosely based on Jeffrey Dahmer. Some, some, some of his some of his character, I saw a lot of parallels with Jeffrey Dahmer. Like what? Um, his urge to kill early. Yeah. His dad spotting that. Jeffrey's dad spotted that when he was a kid. Mm -hmm. um, helping him. Kind of satisfy that urge with animals as yeah. opposed to human beings. Mm -hmm. Jeffrey's, Jeffrey's dad did a lot of that too, um, and just kind of help him mask that weirdness, but not as extreme as this. This is a little more extreme. His dad, his dad didn't know the extent of how how cr crazy Jeffrey was, mm -hmm. but at the same time, his dad also admitted that he had these same traits. Yeah. He just was able to suppress them and never like actually put them into fruition, like how Jeffrey Dahmer did actually kill people. His dad admitted that when he was young, he also had a weird urge to kill. Yeah, but he had no way to direct it to like a yeah. channel that's like something socially beneficial. Yes, exactly. Because what Dexter does is basically community service. <laughs> yeah, more or less. Yeah. Yeah, more or less. I mean, this season. I mean, you got and plus with Dexter, with this, this being the first season. You gotta have a real dark sense of humor to appreciate some of this stuff. Yeah, 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 absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. 
And it's not for the faint of heart. They show blood, all oh, blood. Yeah, they a lot show of blood. a lot of blood. He's a blood forensic specialist, right? He is. Yeah, he's a blood spatter handler. He's yeah. an expert on blood. Yeah. yeah. And they have, it's, and it's and it's rounded up by a cast of characters. Um, Deborah, his sister, his foster sister, was also a cop, played by Jennifer Carpenter. She was in like the Exorcism of Somebody. Yeah, Emily, Emily Rose. Rose. Emily Rose. That's yeah. the movie that that made her famous before uh, this. Oh yeah, I remember her face. And she married uh, the guy that plays Dexter, Michael C. Hall. They were married for the first six years of the show. Oh. Yeah, they met here. He reminds me of Greg Olson, the NFL player. Oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> the, he used to play for the Panthers and the, and the Bears. Funny, tight end. funny you say the Panthers. It's Michael C. Hall's from Raleigh. Oh, really? From North Carolina. He definitely looks like Greg Olson, um, former NFL tight end. And Michael C. Hall, he's more, he was famous before this for playing in Six Feet Under, which is also darkly funny. See if I can even get you a picture, sweet. Let's see if you agree or disagree. All right, bring it up. Yeah. Who else? Uh, what's her face? Lauren Velez. She plays. Yeah, uh, she was a cute, cute little sergeant or whatever. She was a captain or captain, lieutenant. Yeah, like lieutenant, where yeah. she, she's too office politics for me. I'm like, I, I yeah, didn't like her. Yeah, she was. She was. And, and the black dude was annoying too. Dokes, Eric King, Sergeant Dokes. Surprise, yeah. motherfucker. He just mean. He hate a little, but older. Older. Well, this older. Is, yeah. He does kind of look like Michael C. Hall, yeah. Or rather, or rather, yeah, he does look like Michael C. Hall. Hall's older. He's 50. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see it. He had a smile, yeah, yeah, and the hair. Yeah. I was like, wait, who's the Greg Olsen-looking motherfucker? But yeah. Yeah, Dokes is funny, though. Dokes, he never smiles. He's always angry. He's, a, he's an angry black man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he tries to fight Dexter at that shipyard. It gets worse in the later seasons. It does, huh? Yeah, it does. Dokes, surprise, motherfucker. <laughs> I'll see if I continue. It was I actually enjoyed season one because I thought it was well written. The plot twists at the end were crazy. Yeah. I, I, I was like, wow. Oh yeah, you saw it with his uh, his brother? Yeah, his brother. I was like, that motherfucker's his brother. Yeah, I didn't expect that neither. Yeah, they share the same traits of urge to kill because they, they were in the same spot when their mother got chainsaw. Yes, off. so they had the same trauma and shit. Why were they even there? I, I never understood. They, yeah. they never explained never that. Explained that shit, lady. Yeah. Why did you bring your kids to that kind of a deal if you knew you were gonna get, you're gonna get killed? Yeah, and Dexter had to pick between him and his foster sister. Yeah, so his blood brother, literal yeah, blood brother. Yeah, and the stepsister. So he, he yeah. ended up picking her, and we see and why. That still fucks him up, I guess, going into this next season. A little bit, yeah. I mean, because what's it called? He has Harry. They, they didn't really show this in season one, but Harry, his foster father, he has a vision of Harry in his head that guides whatever he does. Yeah. yeah. It's like his like it's, it's sense of sanity almost. Yes. His, dark his dark passenger, as he calls it. Yeah. And, and Brian, or rather his image of his brother, begins to take that during season two. Oh. Temporarily takes Harry's place. Okay. Like his moral compass. Yeah, okay. And other characters in the show, Masuka, his his assist, his uh, the Asian guy, yeah, who's always very pervy, always in the kinky sex shit. Every yeah. season, I kept thinking, is there anything sexual this motherfucker is not into? Yeah, but ironically, he wasn't sexual at all. Dexter, Dexter, no, he's not. That's why he had Rita, who was not sexual either, and it was perfect for him until she actually wanted wanted sex. Here's the thing, like. I got that she had the PTSD from her abusive husband, mm. ex-husband. Mm. Um, Did you recognize him? Yeah, he was from Terminator. No, Mark Pellegrino? Wasn't he from Terminator? No, 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 no Ghost. Was it Ghost. Who's the one from Ghost? In there? Uh, the therapist. Uh, the therapist was from Ghost. Yeah, that was, that was yeah, Tony Goldwyn. Because yeah, Tony yeah, Goldwyn's yeah. family helped produce Dexter as well, too. So oh, okay, okay, yeah, from the guy from Ghost. Who's, who's, who's the... 
Yeah, Mark Pellegrino. You remember him? Ripping brother. Randy. Oh, no from, 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 oh, he was his brother. The no holes barred, yeah. Hogan's brother. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. I, I wouldn't have got that. I, yeah, I wouldn't have got that. Good one. Good one, too. I wouldn't have got that. But, like, yeah. Um, what was I even? What, what, what was I even? Oh, what was I saying? Yes. Her, the wife of the, his girlfriend. Roman Rita, yeah. I get that he was like, yeah, this is a perfect situation because mm-hmm. he's traumatized by sex because of you being raped. Yeah. But I, at the end of the day, if you're emotionally involved with a woman, even if she's not a big, even if she has trauma with that or like, uh, or it's, it's not very, has like a big sexual drive, at some point she is going to want to feel felt. <laughs> and like, like wanted by her significant other. So at some point, whether she's into sex or not, she wants to at least know that you you're interested oh, in her. Yes, you like her, and like you that. want her. Like she wants to feel desired. They um. So I don't know why. What he was thinking. Well, he did. It was awkward between them both in the season. Like she tried to initiate sex. Yeah, when she was Laura Croft, he was like, yeah. "Who are you supposed to be?" And then when he tried to put his hand between her legs, she wasn't having them either. Right, 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 right. It's like right. it's like it's got to be the right place, right time, bro. And it's like they even showed during his childhood when that girl when he was raking the leaves. It's like, what's up? Are you going to the dance? Why would I do that? She yeah. walks away. <laughs> and it's probably like she wanted you to ask her out. Yeah. Why did she say so? You gotta read signs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, that, yeah that's trying, your father's trying to help you blend in. Yeah. Yeah, basically. And that girl was cute, too. She was. She mm-hmm. was. She was. She was. But, um. She gave him a blowjob. Rita? Yeah. She did it. She did, yeah. Yeah, eventually. so, like, that, that he used to at least make him feel like, yes, at least, yeah, maybe she thinks that. Yeah, because everything he does is calculated to, to blend in, even bringing donuts to work. Yeah, yeah, and he he gets his sexual gratification is from the murders. Yeah, which I mean, is also not, a dominant thing. Yeah, I mean, he kills to satisfy an urge, really. Yeah, and it's like, but he kills the people. He kills the people that the courts can't get. Yes, like I said, also serial killers. Yeah, yeah. like the first person he killed in the very first scene of the of the, of the pilot. Yeah, was a the, pedophile. The, yeah, the pedophile guy with the voice with the voice. No. Uh, yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Right. There's a lot of dark humor in here. Even his na- even his narration, his voiceover is a lot. Yeah, of yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty funny. They're all pretty funny. Yeah. But the mystery of this season, like the ice truck killer. Yeah, like, which is his brother. Draining the blood. Yeah. Like he understood it. Yeah, he understood. So he was just playing. He was just. He was almost like the Riddler. He was. Yes. Yeah. It was almost like the Riddler. And it worked because it's like it was like really like pulling at his subconscious things, yeah. that, things that he's forgotten about. Exactly. Like 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 leaving the body parts at a at, at a scene from childhood. childhood. Yeah, yeah. And oh my goodness, the ice truck killer. Even this. He was cold. He was cold. Hell yeah! No pun intended. Oh, yeah, pun intended. Yeah, 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 I didn't think about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was the, really cool. the scene where what's it called? Where he finally revealed himself to Deborah. And was on the boat with her, just all casual talking about. Is this the wrong way he kidnaps her? Yeah. yeah. It's like, Rudy, this isn't you. Pretty sure it is. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Don't be upset. You won't be on the phone ever. It's a bit disturbing that people could actually think of some something this this intricate. Well, look, it's look, a great, it's a great show. Great. I 
like the plot twist was gangster. I do like the show. I mean, it, it, it is well, well written, well done. Like you definitely go for a loop, and then like when you find out, you're like, what the fuck? This gets even deeper. Yeah, it gets even deeper. But it's disturbing that somebody would actually think like this mm-hmm. in real life to write a script like this. But it yeah. is, and a lot of shit going on in there, like other characters, Batista, who, who thinks he's Dexter's best friend. Right. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. And uh, but but uh, what's it called? Like when he gets injured by the ice truck killer, gets stabbed. It's like everybody is like all hands on deck. Exactly. Even yeah. even Masuka, like 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 Deborah was like, you're not gonna make a titty joke. Like my friend just got stabbed. Right. He might, he might die. <laughs> like Masuka feels. Yeah, Masuka feels, man. Yeah, they uh they go into more character development with a lot of these characters in later yeah, seasons too. Um, Deborah, I like Deborah. She curses. I like a woman who yeah, can curse. Yeah, she does curse. I like a woman who can curse more than me. She does. But her is like she kind of overdoes it. Holy mother of fuck, that's good. <laughs> she does say that, doesn't she? What is it? What is yeah. the yeah. And Dexter's like, I think you may have broken a commandment there. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Never. She's funny though. She is funny. Um, look, she was playing as a as a disguised hooker before she was transferred to the homicide. Yeah, homicide. she was. She was in Vice. Yeah. And Jennifer Carpenter played that part well because you see she on. Did. She how she portrayed Deborah as too nervous to speak up in front of LaGuerta and LaGuerta just clowns her. Yeah. Oh, you mean your hookers? Yeah, exactly. Bitch, what you got against her for? Yeah, exactly. And Matthews, the main cop in there, oh, oh he's like, yeah. like Maria, I made you. Okay, it's, before it's, that, that's, you were that's, the one, that's the one that that was beefing with the Spanish. The yeah, LaGuerta. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's like, Maria, I he made you. He was a threat to her. He was a threat to her. Yeah. yeah. They had like that kind of relationship throughout the series, yeah. really. Oh, really? Yeah, where she plays politics against him, he plays it against her, and like, what's it called? Because this season, the way it ended, it's like what he did to her. He removes her as intention. It doesn't fucking yeah, overtime. He replaces her basically. Yeah, with, yeah. with that other lady, but yeah. if you watch season two, you'll see what Laguerta does. Okay. Yeah, she is just like wow. She actually wanted to smash Dexter. She did. She was flirting with him like crazy. Yeah, she wanted to smash Dexter. Can I do something for you? Oh, a lot of things. I'm like, Dexter, dog. That's that's who you should be with. Bro. That's who you should be with. Yeah, she's thicker, and she knows yeah. what she's doing in bed. Yeah. Like, Rita, Rita looks like she would try too hard. Right. And she got full lips. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. Yeah, I enjoy this season a lot. I mean, um, even going into Dexter's background, his childhood, even his biological father that left him the house. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, well, <coughs> The foster I forgot, kids. That was a, I forgot the police officer was not his real dad. Yeah, yeah Harry. Yeah, he's yeah, adopted. Yeah. He's yeah. adopted, yeah. Because Harry was the first on the scene when they found him in that blood and that, 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 that compartment. Yeah. Three days? Yeah, crazy. Three days, yeah. Crazy. And they didn't even take Brian or what was, what was his name? What was his name in the, uh, what was his name? His covered name, Rudy Cooper. Rudy, 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 Rudy. And funny thing, when he first appears, like, like what's it called? Like putting prosthetics onto his uh his victim that he cut, that he cut he off. Cut off, yeah. When we first see him, he's like, and then he's Deborah. He's like, yeah. I don't know. I might have to fight you for this. Yeah. I thought, it, I thought it'd be a minor character, but nah. This sarcasm was crazy, though. It was yeah. Chris and Chris. Very, like, very, very subtle. Very subtle. But at the same dry. time, very, like, dry. Yeah. yeah that's, dry. The, that's, that's the way to put it. Dry. He's like, when, he, dry. when Deborah goes to visit him when he's in the hospital, I'm like, and another thing, if, I, if his idea is fake, and how, do you, how is he working in there? Yeah, exactly. Because Rudy Cooper wasn't a doctor. They revealed that. Right. No, he wasn't. Yeah. But but when he when Rudy when uh, Deborah goes to see him, she's like freeze. He's like, don't shoot. I'm armed. With what? <laughs> Bad puns? <laughs> like I love their dialogue. Yeah. It's great humor. Great humor. Great humor. Great humor. And, and and this show is food porn too. 
It's a lot of food, like a lot of, a lot of food, yeah. A lot of Cuban food, like that's so sandwiches. true, yeah, that's so true. And even I didn't even catch that, like steaks. steaks you, you see yeah. a lot of that, yeah, yeah, that's true. Steaks, um, like when Rudy comes over or comes over to Dexter's, like I had a fight with Deborah. Come on, bro, let me in. I got I got two porter houses and some micro brews. Yeah, 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 I'm like that's enough for me. Yeah, come on in. You can if you grill them. Hundred percent, hundred percent. You want to check the steakhouse around um, which one? The one you were telling me about around the uh, Calverton. Is it a steakhouse that you about? Calverton. Near near where the uh, Lido's and stuff. Oh, the Calypso joint, the one that's yeah. like the one in New Hampshire. Do you ever miss? Do you ever miss with it? I did twice already. I've had their lamb. Yeah, I had their yeah. burger. I'm still not sure. I want to do one more time. I want to have one of their steaks. Okay. Yeah, Calypso Steakhouse. Check it out. Check it out. We should go there for dinner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. hundred, one hundred. I went to I went to I went to fucking what's it called grill marks earlier this week. Okay, good. It was good, but I think it turned my feces into sludge. <laughs> TMI. <laughs> this guy. <laughs> I'm traumatized. Hilarious, dog. Excuse size feces, dog. Yeah, You'll defecate on something else, not on this show. <laughs> I, 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 I'll find something to defecate on. I might. But um, I, I won't do it for Dexter. Oh he, my he, god! The only, the only, the only bodily fluids that matter on Dexter are blood. Right. Exactly. And what else was in there? Oh, Rita is a Rita. His girlfriend is a mother to Aster and Cody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who are yeah, the yeah. children? Who are her children with her, her abusive ex-husband Paul? Who he murders. He mur he murders later on. Later on. Yeah. He, well, actually, it? no, he doesn't even murder him later on. He doesn't do that later on, actually. He gets him arrested and sent him at the jail. Oh, that's him. what it was. He was arrested and sent him. Yeah, because he, he did something. He did something. That's right. Something with heroin or something. He stuck a needle in his yeah. arm and called the cops. And when the cops showed up there, they had no choice but to think he Is was... Is it because he got busted? He got busted, right? He got busted because of that. No, as in, like, he did that. As in, Dexter did did that because he knew about Dexter. Is that why? Or was no, it because he, he just found him as a threat? Found him as a threat to the wife and the kid. Wife. And he okay. was. Yeah, going yeah. in there and the wife had to hit him over the head with something and then take the kids in the middle of the night yeah, and leave. Yeah, yeah. And she gets in trouble for that. Because yeah. so, he filed, he filed, he quickly filed a complaint about assault. Yeah. I'm like, this yeah. motherfucker. Yeah. Um, Legal manipulation. And that was, a, that was the whole point about the basic cute. Yeah, yeah. Shit, right? That comes up later in season two. That becomes a plot point in season two. But it was missing. He told her about it in season he, one. He did, yeah, but it becomes more it becomes more of a plot point in season, in season two. two. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And she had a Theo, Malcolm Jamal Warner as her lawyer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out to Cosby Show if y'all mm -hmm. know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Every time I see him, I'm like, Theo, that's all you'll ever be to me. I don't care how old you get. I don't care yeah. what roles you take. Yeah. Theo. Shout out to Theo. Mm-hmm. I wonder what he's up to now. He's still getting small roles with him, right? Like, 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 what's it called? Like that dude that played uh, the niece's husband on the Cosby Show, the father. Of, uh, oh yeah, he gets he gets roles too. Right? Yeah, how he's on Power Book Two as a Tariq's lawyer. The light skin dude. Yeah. Mhm. Mm mhm. Mm you see? Yeah. That's true. He is his lawyer. Fuck, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, 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 that's where he's from, Cosby Show. Because yeah. before that, before that, and it was heavily publicized that he was that's actually. That's so fucking true. I forgot about that. I didn't catch it. Before he got back into acting, he was basically just bagging groceries at a, what's it called, at a Trader Joe's. Oh, really? That's what he did. Mm hmm. Okay. Mm hmm. Okay. Wow. A lot of these dudes, like, 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 like another, another guy, like, like that dude from E.T., like the Elliot's Elliot. brother, his brother. Oh, the older one. The older one, yeah. yeah. He, he's a mailman. Oh, yeah. wow. Nothing came up after. 
I guess, yeah, he, and he just got happy being a mailman. It's like, cool. Yeah. I mean, some people leave Hollywood and they can find yeah, joy they find elsewhere. Joy, yeah. I mean, it's not, it's not the end all be all. Not at all. Not at all. Yeah. What else happened? What else happened? Like a lot of, a lot of, lots of dark humor happened in this. Um, 100%. Um, what's it called? Uh, the midgets. The midgets. The elves or whatever. Yes. God, Marshall, you're such a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay, little folks. This man said, okay, little ones, you're fucked up. Well, they like to be called little people. <laughs> I guess so, yeah. Yeah, but it's like, they're, they're like you're having a little spat right now. Yeah, I forgot about those guys, man. And the ice truck killer left some bodies at that, at that scene. And I like how that was a clue of how they found him. What's it called? The one wrist that he left there. Yeah. yeah, we had trouble finding who identified him because, because it was called. There was no stump. He shaved it down. Yeah. The hooker with the with the artificial hand. that he made her paint it different nails. Nails, like his mother. yeah. He froze them. He froze them, yeah. He froze them and like gave him the, the game, or rather, he gave a Barbie with like different colored nails. Nails. To to yeah, all them trying to taunt him to get him to realize his past. Yeah. yeah. Recap. Recap his memory, yeah, man. Um, what do you think would have happened if he had chosen his brother? Do you think they were going to kill his feet together or some shit? Temporarily until he came to his senses. Dexter would have found some joy out of that, but then it's like because how he was raised, yeah. he has a moral compass. He's not going to abandon that completely. Once, yeah. once it's embedded in you, you can't really get rid of it. Yeah, that's true. Good point. Yeah. Who who played his brother? Who Good played point. Christian Christian Carmargo. Oh yeah. What other movie was he in? I feel like I've seen him somewhere. Else. I have. I have actually. He was a bad guy in that show. Well, the one movie I remember him seeing in outside of this was he wasn't a bad guy, but just dumb. The Hurt Locker. I heard about it. I never saw that. Yeah. A, was a, that's the, the the soldier movie, right? Yeah, the one about the, uh, the the bomb disposal unit in Iraq with uh, Jeremy yeah. Jeremy Renner and uh, Howard Anthony Mackie. Oh yeah, I know, I know. Yeah. That yeah, was good. Black dude, black dude from um, the Falcon. Captain America. Yeah, the Falcon yeah. and uh, Papa Doc from Eight Mile. Yeah, yeah, exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah, they still got plenty of memes about him playing Papa Doc compared to his MCU roles. Mm. I'm like, I'm like, dude, 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 dude. Every uh, Papa Doc, I don't even remember Papa Doc no more. He's a Falcon to me now. Yeah, yeah. And that dude in She Hate Me. Oh, yeah. yeah. You, you never see She Hate Me, the Spike uh, Lee joint? No, I did. But I, I think I've seen him in the trailers. That shit was funny, actually. That was that was Good. pretty funny. It was pretty funny. It was like he calls his girlfriend She Hate Me, like 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 like, like, like what's his name? Uh, Rod Rod Smart. He played for the Carolina Panthers. But they were so XFL at the time, yeah, though. Yeah. He hate me. Every time I saw that jersey, I laughed. Yeah, I know. Who hates you? I remember that era. You sound like a baby. He hate me. We were in high school when he started this. Year. The first, the first, first iteration of the X yeah. at the XFL. Yeah. yeah. Now the Rock is a commissioner. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah, I, I thought it was a great show. Like, um, I, I didn't know really what to when you suggested we watch it. I was like, okay. Could you put me on? Could you put me on the U, which is which was an inspiration? Yeah, that's true. Which is inspired by Dexter. It has to be. It has to be. Yeah. Even though that guy on U, he's more of a he's more of a pathological liar. Yeah. Serial yeah, cheater. Yeah. But he doesn't want his partner doing the same. Right. But you can't help but to root for him because he's made himself likable. Yeah. And he does the same to the Dexter, Dexter does. Yeah. The, the narration, which yeah. is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Other shows that are similar, like Weeds, which was a sister show for Dexter. I heard that was good. Um, it's Rex was telling me about that one. 
it's kind of similar because they got they both got white protagonists, white suburban protagonists who are who are leading double lives and are morally messy. Um, but it's, it has the same level of dark humor too. I see. Uh, Barry, Barry on HBO. With I've a heard Bill about Peter. that one. I've heard about that. It's good. That one's good too. It's like it doesn't have the same narration, but it's like Barry. He goes around killing anybody. He's a professional hitman. Yeah. But he doesn't want no way to know that. So he's killing everybody who might be able to find out about it. But here's the thing. All the people he kills are basically narcissistic Hollywood assholes. So it's hard to feel sad for them when he kills them. Like his acting coach or his equally narcissistic girlfriend. Yeah. It's like, I'm, 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 I'm mad at you, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Dexter. Dexter. Yeah, I actually enjoyed it. It was, it was good. Um, the plot twist I definitely caught me on the spin. I didn't expect it. Me neither. That good. It was actually really good. I, Cause I didn't see it coming. Pause. But uh, <laughs> it, was, it was great. <laughs> You're like a blind woman at an orgy. <laughs> they, they don't. They, they don't see anything coming. They literally yeah, don't. Yeah, yeah basically. In, in later seasons, I just, I just, <laughs> Dokes. He hates Dexter. But like the scene where Deborah, when she goes with him. To, with dopes to his sister's house and his mother's house and just gels with them. I'm like, yeah, 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 I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'm like, Lady Deborah, what are you, Tina Marie? He's actually, he's well trained and out of the way. What, Dexter? Yeah, Dexter. He really is, but Dokes sees kind of right through it. Yeah, he does. Yeah. And that's why he's always, you said, you said their, their beef continues throughout the, the season. In season two, you'll yeah. see, in se- if you watch season two, you'll see how it culminates. Dokes has some crooked cop. Tendencies too, though. Because he was fucking that 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 that, that yeah, one cop's wife. The one that got killed. Yeah. And, yeah. They, and they basically set him up to take part, play, take part in a robbery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, we want you to know, we want, we want you to. That's what you get for fucking a cop system. Right. But they were really doing that until they got the bad guy, until they were even. Then that guy, what's his name? Um, the main guy that was part of that. His brother plays Cassidy on Law and Order SVU. Okay. Dean Winters. Yeah. Yeah, Law and Order SVU. I hate the. I, I'm not gonna say what I hate, but it's like the, the original, the OG Law and Order. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was yeah, better. Because I'm like sex crimes. I don't want to hear about sex crimes all the goddamn time. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Mariska Hargitay. She's great to look at, even being damn near sixty. But come on, dude. <laughs> it's like the boys. That show, the boys. It's like I. I still need that. I'm, I'm missing out. That's a great show. From what I hear. So the I, boys. The humor is great. It's like a dark parody of all the superhero genre. That's what I heard. And I tell people, if you don't like the superhero films, The Voice is for you. That's what I heard. But it's like, does everything about these superpowers got to be sex related? I mean, it, and The Voice is like that? Yes. Yeah, they got this one girl in their name, this one black chick named Marie Moreau. Her power is to manipulate your blood. Guess how her, guess how her power first manifested when she, when, he, when she first found out about it? That time of the movie. Yes. Yeah, she weaponized her blood accidentally and killed her parents. Yeah, you have to see it. You have to yeah, see it. Yeah. You seem disgusting. I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. Everything, I'm like, does everything got to be sex related with you? Yeah, 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 yeah. I could imagine, bro. I mean, I'm all, I'm, I mean, I'm all for some kinky shit every now and then, but not all the goddamn time. I hate it, bro. Yeah. I don't but know. I'm, I'm a dove, though. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm, I'm an Aquarius. But yeah, Dexter though, yeah. Here's a, a shout out to our friend I, I David. I know you're an Aquarius. <laughs> what? Did you say you were an Aquarius? Yes. I know that. <laughs> okay. You said you were a dove. I'm like, I'm an Aquarius. 
Like you're insane. No, I'm an Aquarius. <laughs> yeah, you like your things wet. I know. <laughs> Shout out to Sai. We're actually an air sign, really. Not that it's yeah, like you're, even though, yeah, you are air sign, even though even we're a water bear. Water, yeah. Yeah. Our friend David, our friend David, he's the one that got me into Dexter, actually. Really. Oh yeah. Yeah, he okay. was a big Shout fan of David, it. Yeah. yeah. So after 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 he kept nagging me during season two, I was like, all right, I'll check it out. And I started watching episodes of season one. I'm like, okay, let me just go to Best Buy and buy the Blu-ray for the whatever seasons are remaining out yeah, right now. Yeah. Let me binge these. Yeah. And I was right to do that because this show was good. it was good up until up until the end of season five. Some might say season four. Yeah, some might say season four because they had the best antagonist on there with John Lithgow. He played the Trinity Killer mm-hmm. in season four. Mm-hmm. He was good. good, but season five was the last competent season for me. After that, six, seven, eight, garbage, and, and new blood, garbage. Check it out, man. Yeah, check out season one was great. I thought it was a really good season, so it might invite you to continue watching. I may consider watching the others. I recommend it. Yeah, I recommend season two. You might like that, John. Okay. For sure. Man. Yeah, man. Yeah, so Dexter. Yeah, we covered. Yeah, Dexter, Boys in the Hood, Survivor Series '91. We covered a full gamut of things today, kids. And it's about that time for the holidays. About so. the time for the holidays. Yes, it is. Yeah, yes, it is. Whatever your religious background or whatever it is, happy holidays in general. Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, Kwanzaa whatever the whatever. fuck made up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Even, even, even if you had like your own impromptu Christmas, that's cool too. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Like, like like a friend's giving or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly. that's that's cool too. Everybody that's traveling, safe travels. To oh. from. Oh, let me tell you, on the ride, uh, on 29 earlier today, right, both to and from 29, yeah. people trying like crazy to get on the ICC and 95, dude. It's crazy, dude. It's crazy. Why do you want to travel during Christmas for? For the holidays, they're out of control, man. You know, come to think of it, I never traveled on Christmas at all myself. I have. I never had. On Christmas Day. Thanksgiving, yes. I went to Ghana one time on Christmas Day. Mm. Yeah. Um, How was that? It was cool. Cool. I got family. I was an adult, so it really matter if I okay. was, you know, Christmas is whatever. I don't be getting gifts like that anymore. So. Yeah. But um, um, yeah. Um, we will see y'all next year, actually. Next, next year, time, actually. Yeah. Next time you see us will be twenty twenty four. I'll give you a movie preview what we're covering. We're definitely covering Iron Claw. We gotta cover that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. The Von Erics. Yes, the Von Erics. That wasn't even their real name. Their real name was Agatson. It's some some evil German sounding shit. Yeah. The Von Erichs. Von Lieberman. It's probably the curse that enabled their demise. Their demise, yeah. Name yourself after some after some Mein Kampf Germans. Yeah, wow. Name yourself after 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 the Kennedys. I mean, what's it called? You are a big family that died early. I mean, so, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. What? <laughs> I, am, I am I am I am dark humored, but <laughs> What were you saying before that? Yeah, so yeah. I was so with the, the, the Iron Claw. With the Iron Claw, yeah, we're definitely going to see that. We're going to cover that one as well, too. As far as TV show and wrestling events, you will, we'll decide. You'll see that in the promo next time. 100. Yeah, but for right now, we gave like at least one third of a preview of what we're going to do next. Yeah. yeah. 2024, we'll be back. 2024. Happy holidays and we'll be, happy new year. We'll be sitting on 24s. Bang, bang, bang. Mm-hmm. Stay safe. Peace. Peace.